0: Hello and welcome to MacBytes episode 38. I'm Elaine Giles and I'm here with my co-host Mike Thomas. In this episode, it's been a bit of a week of technical woes at MacBytes headquarters. And I feel the need to share these with you, dear listeners. You lucky, lucky people.
1: But first... Yeah, we were talking last time about ScreenFlow, weren't we? Uh, Version 2 had just come out. We were looking forward to it, or I certainly was looking forward to it.
0: You were getting incredibly giddy, I seem to recall. I
1: was getting incredibly giddy. Um, We were waiting for it, weren't we? On Tenderhooks for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then it came out and then we tried it and we tried to save it. Or you tried to save recording and uh, what happened? I broke
0: it. There's but that's good supreme. news.
1: Yeah, they fixed the bug 2.0.1 is out and the bug, several bugs they have fixed. The main one being that it now allows you to save to an external drive, which it didn't
0: before. So uh, that's great news. So have you tried it? I must admit, I haven't. I've been unfaithful to ScreenFlow with Camtasia this week. Mm. Um, it's very similar, and I've used uh, TechSmith products before, so I had high hopes. And um, when you open it and look at it, literally the only difference that is immediately apparent is that the, um, all the things that you have on the right in ScreenFlow are on the left. Um, you wouldn't think that made too much difference, but to be honest, it did, because I, I kept aiming for the middle and missing with the buttons. But um, it had a showstopper for me, did Camtasia. It can't record from a secondary monitor which surprised me immensely and um, my workflow is such that most of the stuff I record is on my secondary monitor so the love affair was short-lived I shall revisit it when they fix it. It wasn't me that broke it this time. It was broken when I found it. That is a bit of a
1: showstopper. Um, and I think that will be a showstopper for me. I actually installed it on my laptop and I tend to work my laptop on just a single screen. So that shouldn't be too bad. But certainly on my desktop. Uh, yeah, I tend to work the same way as you with uh, recording stuff on the secondary screen, probably so that I can carry on working on the primary screen.
0: Well, that's what I do. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out too great because um, if you inadvertently change space or something, then it does affect the secondary monitor anyway. But most of the time I can carry on working. The other thing is if I'm uh, trying to record a presentation that I'm giving or something like that, then I have it set up so um, the bit that I want recorded is on that secondary monitor, which means that people aren't bothered with the dock and the menu and all the rest of the stuff that you have uh, kicking around. So... um, I started up Camtasia, and, and again, there's a, a small dialogue box, just like ScreenFlow. And I thought, right, OK, where's the option to record the secondary monitor? It wasn't there. So then I'm through the preferences, and I'm scratching my head because I thought, it must do it. It must just be hidden. And uh, then I found out, no, it didn't. So um, it was short-lived, but uh, I shall give it another go when it does um, support the secondary monitor. So uh, I shall revisit that, because uh, we did promise a show, didn't we, on screen recording we software did, and yes. techniques So uh, and Yeah, we'll do that one. Now, um, I think we should wait until there's an update to Camtasia and then revisit.
1: Yeah. Now, you didn't break that
0: software, but uh, your record of breaking software goes on. Yes, this time it really was my fault. I'll let you explain. You'll let me explain? I will. Okay. well. You can shame me. (laughs) Every time... Busy
1: cow runs. uh, It was relaunching the dock, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, that was one symptom. And uh, I'd had that before. Um, I think we discussed that. It was on one of the beta versions. And it was when um, they'd had a lot of requests um, from people that uh, the icon showed today's date. And as soon as they added that, every time uh, you came to update the system, because Uh, I I think I pretty much have it running all the time. So it was running when I was trying to update it or it was on the dock at the time. And uh, it restarted not just the dock. um, One of the symptoms of restarting the dock was it restarted the menu as well. Um, I know everything disappeared. Then it reappeared and all my minimised windows appeared as well. So um, it was a bit of a pain that. Um, And that was what was happening to me. It was also appearing in a set place on the dock all the time, even though... It wasn't on the dock. So when you have an application on the dock, obviously, when you run it, the icon stays in the same place. But if you have very little on your dock and I have on startup two icons of the trash can and the finder, um, when you open applications, they just appear next in line. And what was happening with BusyCal was it was appearing right at the top. Um, I have my dock on the right and it was at the top. So uh, there was obviously something wrong with it uh, badly.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we uh, got on to, uh, to the guys at BusyCal. And uh, thanks for the quick reply to John. Oh, thanks uh, for that. Uh, you, you told us what the problem was likely to be. A uh, corrupt, busy cow. Sounds a bit uh, serious, that, doesn't it?
0: It does. And I could, have, of course, just reinstalled it and um, claimed that everything was fine. But um, you're going to name and shame me now, aren't you? And I, explain um... what the problem probably was. Although I personally am denying all knowledge of ever having done this.
1: Yeah, he suggested that it could be if you're running X Slimmer. Um, that is likely to cause corruption of the, of the BusyCal application,
0: which I don't recall doing, but um, I might have done. Well, you do so, ex- um, use
1: Xslimmer, don't you?
0: I do, but I, I'm quite careful with what I run it on. Um, obviously, if anybody has used Xslimmer, what what it uh, people don't know what it does. Um, it reduces the size of um, your applications by taking things out, so language files um, that you don't use. Um, and it makes unary binaries from uh, universal binaries. So I do use it, but I would never use it on something like Photoshop or um, Acrobat or anything like that. I tend not to use it on anything that's activated on the basis it could affect the activation. So um, when you run X it tells you that certain things you can't use it on anyway. So they're blacklisted and um, the option to, to slim them down isn't available. Um, Obviously, it must have been with BusyCal, although I I seriously don't remember doing it. But um, there are other applications that I would never use it on. So maybe I inadvertently included it. But um, I'm, I'm claiming amnesia on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there oh, the go. shame. There we go. Well, moving on to other issues of the week. Uh, I walked in the other night from work into the office and the floor looked like a spaghetti junction of cables.
0: Yes, it wasn't my finest hour that Uh, it wasn't my best day either. I think it took about eight, nine hours all told. Um, I'd had a problem on the network and I knew I had. But it was one of those problems that, well, if it's not causing too much problem, leave it alone. Um, what was happening was I could tell from the lights on the front of the switch that I had excessive network traffic. Um, So the lights were flashing even when I knew there shouldn't be any traffic at all. And I couldn't track down what was causing the problem. So um, for the, for the technically minded, it, it looked like a broadcast storm. There was far too much network traffic. So um, I, I was taking machines off the network one at a time and seeing what the problem was. And now when I took yours off the network, that seemed to cure it. So I thought, right, well, you know, it's one of those cables then. But then when I put it back on, it was OK. And the symptom, I just ended up chasing my own tail all day. Um, and I ended up when you, when you arrived, I'd ripped all the network cabling out to um try and track the problem down. So it was it was not a good day. Radical it really solution.
1: Wasn't.
0: Well there's nothing much you can do. Um I tracked it down to it was either part of the network hardware or it was the cabling. Um, And now I had had failed network cables before, but luckily um, when a network cable had failed before, I think I've had a couple that have failed. They fail completely. You plug them in and, and the computer's just not there or the device isn't there. And really, that's the best way because then you know that there's something wrong with the cable. But if you plug it in and it's there, but there's a problem, then you're not sure if it's the cable, if it's the switch, if it's the router, if it's one of the machines that's faulty or has a faulty network card. Um so you're really troubleshooting quite blind. Um, so what I tracked it down to in the end was my machine um, has a network card that runs at a thousand and it would not run at a thousand. It would only run at 100 even when I went into the deepest, darkest network properties and reset it manually, it would not run at a thousand. So I thought, well, it's either the switch or it's the cable. So I took the cable out, um, tried the cable on another machine. And it was okay on that one. But when I replaced that cable with another cable, my machine would run at a thousand. So I tracked that down to to being a problem with the cable. It wasn't completely broken, but it was clearly faulty. Um, So that seemed to solve that problem until you came in and you gave me the spare network cable. So I took out this temporary cable which was about it was a bit it was a tinge too long, wasn't it? I uh, it was a two metre one I wanted, and the the temporary one I was using was twenty-three metres. So you went and got me the right size and when I plugged that in that one wasn't working either, so it was back to the drawing board. And it was another faulty cable. And now that one, luckily, I could actually see it was faulty in the RJ45 connection at the end. You could actually see that one of the very thin threads, there are eight threads in a network cable, and one of the thin threads in there um, had a a flaw on it. You could actually see it. It obviously been damaged as it was made. So uh, that one was out the window as well. And it was third time lucky. Then the problem was I inadvertently unplugged one of the other computers. And when I plugged that one back in, the switch went mad. So uh, I decided in the end that, yes, both cables had gone and the switch probably had gone as well, probably due to excess traffic coming off this dodgy cable. So uh, I had to then take that out as well. Luckily, I had spares for all these things in, didn't I?
1: Yeah, we. but uh,
0: the office didn't look good.
1: We bought a whole load of network cables, didn't we, a few months ago? Just in case well, that we was need. to
0: replace the ones we'd actually taken out our Cat 5 cables and replace them all with brand new Cat 6 cables. And uh, typically, true to form, uh, when you change something that you didn't need to because it wasn't actually broken, um, then that one broke. And uh, it's been causing problems for about two or three weeks. But it wasn't actually slowing down my connection. Once it started to slow down my connection, it clearly needed dealing with. But you know what it's like. It always happens when you least need it so um i should have dealt with it sooner but um all is well now well also
1: the network but uh, that's not where your woes ended was it
0: no i decided then once i'd got the network sorted out that the day had virtually gone so um i'd run some updates on my machine and uh, we mentioned using the mac update desktop thing so uh, i put that on uh, one of my machines and i ran it and i had indeed uh, got some updates to update and uh, it managed admirably there was two it couldn't do so i was pleased with that but it was telling me that acrobat needed updating and uh, i have adobe acrobat pro it was telling me i had 9.0.0 and i needed 9.0.2 i believe or 9.2 whatever Um, And instead of actually downloading it, because I'm sure it's downloadable, um, it ran the Adobe updater. And about three hours later, I was still going around in this incessant circle because it wouldn't let me download it without running the updater and the updater wouldn't download it. The updater didn't seem to it was all dimmed out, so I couldn't reconfigure what the updater was updating and it wouldn't update Acrobat. So I then went to Adobe to try and download the thing manually, and it wasn't having that either. So um, in the end, great fun. Just updating that took uh, about two hours. In the end, I beat it into submission with a stick. So uh, luckily, Acrobat is now updated, but it wasn't something that I would want to do again.
1: I've uh, I've never had any problems with the updater, but then I've just let it get on with it. So I don't know if it's worked or not, you know.
0: Well, I haven't had any problems in terms of um, it missing things out, but then not to my knowledge. Mm. But I have had problems with the updater. Um, This is ludicrous, but it needs to update the updater before it can update. So you have to go through this circuitous thing. Um, of updating the updater and then rebooting and then updating again. And sometimes the updater needs updating more than once before it will actually download the updates to the software you were actually trying to update. Another thing that can be very confusing with it is if you have elements installed, that will have its own updater. So um, all the different suites will have their own updaters. You can find that you've got three or four different versions of the updater. Um, On this one, I don't have that problem. I only have Master Collection CS4 installed. So I know that I only have the one. What seemed to be causing the problem this time was the updater was unaware that it needed to update Acrobat and there was nowhere that I could put a tick in a box and say, and please go and update Acrobat. There was just no way to update it at all. So it was coming back and it was updating and it did update Premiere and um, I'm not sure. I think it was After Effects as well, but it updated everything else. But nowhere in there was there a tick that I could put in a box to say update Acrobat. So um, I had to do it manually in the end. But like I say, it wasn't easy to actually find the update. I could find the Windows one, but I I thought better of putting that on there. So, um, yes, I got there in the end, but that was a perfect end to a day really, wasn't it? Yeah, the day didn't actually start very
1: well, did it? Uh, with a, Didn't you have an iPod shuffle problem early on?
0: Yes, that was something else as well. Um, as people who regularly listen, know I've got an audible account and um, I've changed my audible preferences to use enhanced audio. Um, I was listening to um, something and there'll be no names mentioned, but the lady in question who was doing the reading had the most irritating, grating voice I had ever heard, and it wasn't helped by the quality of the audio. So I decided I'd download the enhanced version and and hope it wasn't quite so tinny and maybe she wouldn't sound quite as much like nails on a blackboard. So I downloaded it and it was much better. Um, you You could actually listen to it without tearing your fingernails out. Problem I then had was I have an iPod shuffle. Um, it's not one of the latest ones. It's uh, one that does have a button on it. So uh, it's maybe two and a half years old. And all I do with it is I put one audio book at a time on it. So I'm not shuffling chapters or anything. It's literally just put it on press play. And um, I wiped what was on it and I came to put my audiobook on it. And it told me it couldn't add it. Now, I've seen that before. If I'm trying to add video, obviously, I can't add video to an iPod shuffle. But no, uh, my iPod shuffle is, it unceremoniously told me when I googled it, too old to play the enhanced audio, which didn't impress me in the slightest. So I went and and had a look thinking, well, does it need to be a new shuffle? And no, the shuffle isn't supported at all with this enhanced audio. So pretty much um, if I want to have a book that I listen to on my shuffle, I'm going to have to download one version. And if I want to listen to the same thing in better quality um, on my iPhone or any, any other device, then I'm going to have to download another version as well, which doesn't impress me at all because they, they both have to be in iTunes. So I'd end up with two versions of everything. And um, the other thing is it's so slow to download from Audible. We mentioned this, didn't we? We did. Um, um... i had been downloading books and it only took maybe 10 minutes. I don't know what it's taking for you. Yeah, well, I haven't got an Audible
1: account anymore, but it was incredibly slow. Yeah,
0: it got worse. That was the problem. I I could download in maybe 10 minutes and then it started taking sort of 20 half an hour till in the end it was telling me it was going to take a day and a half to download a file of about 100, 150 megs. That's
1: ridiculous, isn't it?
0: Well, I think they're throttling the bandwidth um, during the day because Mm. when I'm up late, if I start a download after midnight, it might only take an hour. So um, it seems to be something there and it's certainly not something my end because I can download other things and they download fine. It just does seem to be an audible problem. So obviously with this iPod shuffle incident, downloading it once was painful. Downloading it twice, I don't really want to go there. So um, the only thing the, the, the smallest iPod it will play on, the cheapest iPod it will play on is now a Nano. So I'm not impressed. I want to play it on my shuffle
1: now i think we've depressed our listeners enough
0: no 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 they'll be laughing their little socks off at me (laughs) yeah true uh we have
1: had some good news uh safari 4.0.4 came out um I just realised actually I haven't updated my MacBook. I, I did it on the uh, the on the, the desktop, the iMac, and uh, there's a couple of new features there. Um, clear recent searches. You know your your search box on the right, Google search box. When you click the drop down, early on there used to be an option to clear recent searches, and uh, they removed it. Um, and it's now back. What you had to do on the earlier versions of version four is you actually had to use a terminal command if you wanted to clear your recent searches. I
0: hadn't noticed that was missing. To be honest, mm. um, that's not something I particularly worry about.
1: Not that I go in and clear it because I've got nothing to hide. But um, yeah, I was reading. But you're reminding
0: the... me of that Microsoft advert. <laughs> No, let's not go there. Yeah. We really upset the listeners last time. <laughs> we mustn't. People are listening at lunch. Let's not go there. That one, yes, that one. Um... But the big thing was there is still no option for tabs at the top. So poor Gaz, mm. still no tabs at the top. Sorry, I don't guys. think they're coming back. We need to I think start it's petition, silly that... don't we? Yeah, I think it's silly that they were there in the beta and then they can just completely changed it when they released it. And, and you know, the the code exists, so why not make it an option? But uh, no, it's not there yet. No, there was, there was also the Snow Leopard 10.6.2, wasn't
1: there, which uh, fixed a number of problems, including the one that caused data to be deleted when using a guest account. Uh, which we discussed the other week. I think there's about there's about 10 or 15 other uh, fixes as well. An issue that might cause your system to log out unexpectedly. I never had that problem.
0: No, um, I, I've looked at the list of what was supposed to be fixed and um, none of it was happening or causing me a problem. An so, issue um,
1: with four finger swipe gesture. Well, yeah. two two finger swipe gestures at Windows. No, I'm not so... going there. No, <laughs> no, 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 hard, no. I'm not it?
0: going there. Um, <laughs> but... I didn't update that straight away on my main work machine because um, I knew it would break. I didn't know what else it would break, but I knew it would break saft. So I wasn't going there this time and um, I deliberately hung off. I did put it on another machine and I had no particular problems with it. Um, no huge problems. Um, But I wasn't going to be about to put it on my main machine. And that was well founded because um, it had not been out five minutes before I heard that uh, it had broken three things that I find quite critical. One was um, the growl mail, which is the notification system. Uh, The other was mail tags and the third one was devonthink uh devonthink has um a plugin where it enables you to use a shortcut key to send mail items straight to devonthink for filing um and i didn't want to break those three so i must admit i didn't install it straight away but i didn't see a new version of growl appear either very quickly so i thought you know i, I want to put the system update on and um I really need growl. So I went looking around and um, somebody had written this long, long blog post about it, about how to, to work around it and do it by hand by editing these uh, files. And um, they then decided that they wouldn't bother with the blog post because they found a link, which we will put in the show notes. And um, it's a really simple fix. Uh, and you can uh, update your system, your growl mail to work perfectly with ten point six point two. And I've done it and it works. Um, The trick is you don't open mail. But if you've already opened it, because what I did was I inadvertently forgot after about four or five days and it said there's a system update. And I thought, well, they've updated Saft, so I'll install it. And it was a moment. Because I'd forgotten about mail tags, Devon, think, and, and, and Growl mail. Yes, it was. I told you it was one of those days. In fact, it's been one of those weeks. It has. So, um... I thought, well, I'll have to try this hack. And I'd forgotten that it didn't work until I opened Mail and it said I've disabled everything you use, pretty much. So uh, what you've got to do, if you haven't opened Mail, then that's the best way to be. Just follow the instructions. But if you can, it's all is not lost. And what I had to do was go to the Mail folder and you'll find another folder in there, uh, Bundles Disabled and uh, i found growl mail lurking in there so i moved it back to the bundles folder and then it's really simple there's just two c- terminal commands uh, it's the most simple fix i've ever seen for something like that because i have gone in and manually edited um list files and all sorts of things but these two terminal commands worked brilliantly so uh, we'll definitely put a link in for that uh, sadly my mail tag still isn't working and neither is devon think but I've only got myself to blame for that, but uh, I'm I'm claiming stress from um, the networking issues.
1: Fair enough. Anyway, you've not had the monopoly on uh, Tales of Woe this week. I've had my own issues.
0: No, and I sat back and, and I won't say enjoyed, but enjoyed and watched your shenanigans with uh, said apps. So I shall leave you to it.
1: Uh, well, if you're going to sit back and enjoy, then I nah, better not say that. Actually. What? Um, Now I'd better not say. Sit back and enjoy you fixing the network, because I rely on you for the network. Fair enough. Get on with it. Unless I go and sit outside. No, won't we go there? Okay. Um, Yeah. As most of you know, I'm I'm a sports fan, and I was very interested in this uh, Sky Sports app for the iPhone, which came out last week. Uh, Available from the App Store. It's free. Service costs six pound a month, and we don't actually have Sky Sports here, so I thought, hmm, sounds good. So I downloaded it and I then found out that you could get uh, three months free if you're with O2 just by texting SKY to 2020, but it was limited to the first 150,000. So in my haste, in my greed, uh, I duly sent my text, got one back immediately saying, we'll send you your code as soon as possible. So.
0: This got one back immediately. Didn't you have to send it twice?
1: I'm just coming to that, yeah. Um, Now, I know that your dad wanted it as well. So uh, I sorted him out. I sent a text from his phone and he got his code back straight away. (laughs) So, yeah, impatient little me. Isn't it always the case? Impatient little me sent another one from my phone, got the code back immediately, followed by another text saying, sorry, this is limited to one code per account. Greedy, greedy boy. Anyway, that's actually when the fun started. First of all, I actually needed a Sky ID, so I signed up for one via the phone. And once I'd done that, I had to log in using my newly acquired ID and select the service that I wanted, which was Sky Sports Mobile, and enter in the promotional code they sent me. So uh, thank goodness for copy and paste on the iPhone. Now, always going OK at that point, I clicked the OK button and it came back and it said that I'd not filled in the address fields on the form. So I thought, no, no problem, until I tried to click into them and I found that they weren't clickable and I tried this a number of times. I actually then logged into Sky's website via my iMac, navigated through to my uh, my details page, and it came up with a message that says, "Sorry, you can't update online as you're not the primary account holder." <laughs> because when we actually got the Sky itself put in, uh, you actually sorted all that out, didn't you? So you're down. Was it done primary. not by
0: address? Because surely it would have been um, a different account, weren't you setting up a different account?
1: I think I, I, I'm not sure, you know.
0: Well, I'd have thought it, you were setting up your own account, in which case you would be the primary account holder. If you were setting it up via my account, um, then I could have gone in and, mm. and put the address in. But to be honest, the account would have an address in. They know where we live, they send the bills. <laughs> True. So I'm not sure. I think you must have set up your own account. Well, don't know why I said I wasn't the primary account holder, but uh... Because it's broken Mm, like everything else.
1: Anyway, I went searching, went Googling and I found a thread on O2's forum and there were other people in worse positions than me. Um, They had no promotional code, even though they texted for one. Their promotional code didn't work. Uh, Somebody else did have my problem and somebody had replied that they had copied the login URL to their desktop and tried it from there. So I did that. Uh, still no joy. The fields weren't clickable, even in Safari on the iMac. I tried Firefox where the fields were clickable, but I couldn't actually type into them. And at So this the point, frustration mounted, you mean? Yes. At this point, I actually thought, you know, about giving up. As you said, you know, if something is too good to be true or looks too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. Yes, but the
0: thing was that you'd heard of people that were sitting there watching Sky Sports. So, it had worked for some people. And then you you start to get even more frustrated, don't you? Just wasn't working for me, but it Mm. was
1: late. It was getting off at midnight. So I left it for 24 hours. Next night, I logged into my Sky account via the iMac and I managed to get to this page for adding my address to the account. God knows how. Uh, but it worked. It it let me create my address, clickable fields, let me type in. So I went back to the iPhone, went back through the whole process, ran the Sky Mobile app, clicked subscribed, entered my promo code and the address details were pulled through. Success. And then doing your dad's app, was uh, doing your dad's uh, iPhone was a piece of cake after that.
0: Yes, so I'm going to have stereo Sky Sports, aren't I? No, because I'll stick my headphones on. Oh, thank God for that! Mm. Anyway, you were obviously um excited by your success and decided to uh, double or quits with the next app.
1: <laughs> I did. Mm. Yeah, the Nat West app. Rather
0: you than me. The Nat West app. It uh... Nat West and I have have a really good relationship. Yeah, it's a love hate relationship. Bit, I love to hate them. Bit like and me. And they pretty much hate me. Bit yes. like me with this app. It sounded great,
1: actually, checking your balance, viewing mini statements and managing your money on the go, as
0: they say. Now, you see, I was wiser than you because I looked at this and thought, hmm, right. I'll believe it when I see it. Mm. Now, I know you can do all that
1: online anyway, you know, on your phone, use, use Safari on your phone, go to the website. Uh, now, you've got to log in, you've got to enter a four digit pin into four tiny little boxes and then you've got to enter another four digit code into four more tiny little boxes before you can do anything. Most of the reviews were poor and the statement on the iTunes App Store said that due to exceptionally high demand for the app, some customers had experienced problems using the service.
0: Oh, not the old victim of their own success excuse. That's
1: the one. You actually had to register first. And the first few times I did this, it actually crashed the app. So I had to keep restarting the registration process. I eventually managed to do it and I had to enter my mobile number. And it was another one of these get a text back from NatWest containing a code, which did actually work immediately. So I entered the code, I entered my date of birth, I created a passcode and then it said enter the
0: 16 digit code from your card. Now, you see, I was watching this with interest because I thought I'll let you test it for me first. And if you actually manage to get it to work, then I'll partake of this. Um, I think I'd have. Balked at the first one, which is enter mobile number, because um, the NatWest Bank obviously had my phone number. I've I've banked with them for over twenty years, and they had a phone number for me, and they couldn't stop ringing it. They had quite a fetish for ringing me, Um, and when they rang me fourteen times in one week, um, I took the phone number off them, and they're not allowed a phone number for me until they can prove that they can be trusted with it, which is going to take longer than either of us are going to be around. So. I wouldn't feel comfortable putting in a mobile number for them. That would be like a big red flag to me saying to the NatWest, call me anytime you like. So I I wouldn't have been happy at that point. But this enter 16 digit code from card, what card? Because I don't have a card for the NatWest. I have credit cards, but their credit cards have nothing to do with a current account, which you would be using for this app. So what card are they talking about? I'm guessing it's your switch card or your check guarantee card. Well, see, that was another problem I had with the net Bank, which is why I don't have a check guarantee card or a switch card or a maestro card or anything else either. Um, I had one of those and I think it was both and uh, one of the holes in the wall at the thing and uh, it took me so long to get it back. And at the time I was at university and I had no money. So I'm away from home and I've got no money. And um, instead of being able to go into the branch the next day, obviously, the branch was shut or I would have gone in straight away. Instead of being able to go into the branch the next day, they posted it to your home address, which was fine. But my home address was in Manchester and I was actually in London at university. So I couldn't get any money at all to get home with. So I wasn't really impressed with that. Then um, what I said was I wanted a separate check guarantee card. So give me a service till card and give me a check guarantee card. And then at least I can write a check. Uh, we are talking a while ago. This was before um, all all the modern technology. It was a check or it was cash at the time. Um, and they did that. And that was fine. I was quite happy with that until they made a unilateral decision that they would not separate these two cards. So you had to have a check guarantee card that was your um. I don't, I don't know what it's called now. It used to be Maestro. I think it's switched now, isn't mm. it? Um, and it's all one card and I haven't got one. So I think I'd definitely fail at this point, wouldn't I?
1: You would. And uh, I, I gave up at this point, actually, because I know this app is written by NatWest. Uh, but there's there's been, and we talked about it the other week, um, developers actually uh, writing apps that can collect, phishing, phishing apps, I suppose you'd call them, wouldn't you, collect mm. personal information. So, you know, I gave up at this point.
0: So I'd be curious. I mean, I know you didn't get any further, but um, maybe other people did. Maybe our listeners did. I'd be curious to know um, what exactly information it stores within the app and what information you have to enter every time you use it. Um, If you think about the MyO2 app, um, you put your username and password in and the app stores that. Um, And it it enables you to create a code. So all you need to access this is a four digit code, a four digit pin. Well, there's obviously a limited number of those. So you you could just sit there and keep trying and they'd have access. You know, if you lost your phone or it was stolen, they'd have access to your bank account. So I'd be very interested to know what information you have to put in on a regular basis every time you use this. But clearly you didn't get that far. You got further than me, though. (laughs) Yeah, I gave up. Yeah, I gave up before I started. Mm. I saw the words Nat West and thought, yeah, right, and left you to it. But uh, not to worry.
1: I think that's the end of our Tales of Woe, isn't it?
0: I'm sure I'll have some more
1: next week. Mm. But uh, yes, for the moment. Not the, the end moment. of the podcast. It's the end of the Tales of Woe. So let's, let's move on. Um, Twitter only mobile device. Um, something,
0: something was out uh, last week and uh, looks quite good. Um yeah it's one of these devices that isn't a mobile phone it's it's just it looks a little bit like a mobile phone a little bit like a blackberry and all it does is access twitter so um i'm not sure if that will take off or not you know i think um the way twitter works um it's so integrated there's so many different apps that you'll probably you wouldn't want to carry two around with you maybe for kids or something like that but then most kids have got Better mobile phones than I have. So I'm not too sure whether that would take off or not. You mean better mobile phones
1: than you had. What could be better than an iPhone?
0: Well, I haven't got a a 3GS, have I?
1: I'm just talking iPhone generally.
0: Yes, Okay. Okay. yes. (laughs) That that rubbish thing I had that could barely take a picture, that one. Mind you, that could, of course, have been operator error. Mm. I can barely switch the thing on now, you know. Um, I think it might stand more chance of success if it integrated with other services. So um, if it had a fantastic Facebook app and all the rest that you use, maybe it would stand more more chance of success. But I'm not sold on that one. I don't think I'll be buying it.
1: No, I won't be buying it. It just sounded a good idea for, for somebody who just wants to Twitter.
0: True, true. I, th- I think I'm thinking that the people that I follow on Twitter are so tech savvy that they wouldn't be interested in, in a sort of single device like that.
1: Mm. Talking of phones, uh, there's another story that O2 are actually going to uh, unlock iPhones once your contract has expired. Yeah,
0: I read that story and I also heard of people getting chocolates from O2. I think it's probably towards the end of their contract. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't had mine yet. No, but uh, seeing as I don't eat chocolate anymore. Well, no, neither do I, but that's not the point. Um, I could think of better things. They could give me a a 3GS or something like that and keep the chocolates. Yeah, and a 12-month free contract. Yeah, something really worth having for the tech savvy chick. Yes, that would work very, very well for me. Um, I I haven't asked them to unlock it yet. My contract's up in January, so um, I'm not in a particular rush to leave. I'm in a particular rush that we see a new iPhone and um, then I'll have a look round. But as we said last week with Orange, the tariffs are so, so similar. Um, I don't see me moving at the moment. I'm waiting for Vodafone. But there again, after my service, the service I got from Vodafone, I wouldn't be rushing back there either. They'd have to provide something pretty spectacular to uh, tempt me away. I don't think the service from O2 has been that bad. No, it Um, it hasn't. I I definitely got worse service from Vodafone. So... um, Talking of
1: Orange, there's some talk about them banning some of these streaming services, isn't there? Spotify and YouTube. Yeah,
0: they said they they were were banning them and then they backed down and said, no, they weren't. So, I mean, that's another problem. I think O2 have had it long enough to know what the um, demands on their network are. So, um, again, I think it's just one of those situations where just leave it a little bit and see how they get on with it. Maybe the Orange service will end up better than the O2 one. But at the moment, I don't really think they know what they're doing. And I think Vodafone will go through a stage like that as well. So I think for the moment um, I've got another two months on it. Maybe in a couple of months um, it will have settled down. And then maybe that's when uh, people will start to move, because other people who bought phones the same day we did, they'll all be up at the same time.
1: Mm. Yeah. That's so
0: maybe right. there'll be some good deals about or a new phone. Mm. I, I keep holding out for a new phone. Yeah. So I haven't asked them to unlock it yet. I'm not in any particular rush. Talking of good deals, nothing to do with
1: the phones. Um, did you buy the Mac Heist? Well, it was free, Well, I didn't have I? to
0: buy the Mac Heist. It was a free mm. one. Yes, I sat through the uh, launch video. I found that pretty agonising. And then I'm thinking, well, OK, how much is it? How much is it? Um, and then it was free. And uh, yes, I, I did. Uh, I didn't do the tweet out, like I said. I wasn't going to uh, go down that route. And uh, there was more software if you did, I think, or if you put it on your Facebook page. But uh, no, I didn't.
1: The lady um, can't be s- bought.
0: No, no, I can't be persuaded to um, inflict um, spam on on my Twitter followers. Um, So, yes, I did. Um, I don't think if it was a paid for thing, I don't think I'd have bought it because I personally think the best app in it was uh, Tiny Grab. And I already had a Tiny Grab account. So uh, I'll be taking a look at Tiny Grab in more detail because uh, now a lot of people will have a Tiny Grab account. And I think that... uh, Looking at the apps there, I think that was the one that I probably get most use out of. There's
1: another bundle as well, was not there? Um, you, you mentioned yeah, that's, this that's week. That's come
0: out this week. Um, a MacGraph photo dot com bundle, isn't it? So uh, it's all uh, design related um, software. And again, it, they I think they want you to tweet it out as well. I do wish they wouldn't do that. Um, Again, like we said, Mac Heist gets lots and lots of publicity, but this one hasn't. It's seven graphics applications for the price of one, and the price is thirty nine ninety nine. pounds um, And what's in it? Let's have a look what's in it, uh, because we had a couple of them, didn't we? There's graphics converter. Yeah. Was it picturesque? Uh, picturesque is in it. Now, that one's actually yeah. a good application. If you don't have that, that's probably worth having. Um, image framer, draw it. Who did geo? How do geo? We always have a debate over how we say that, don't we? Fantastic photos and um, a graphic designer toolbox. So I must admit, I haven't actually gone into that in any great detail at the moment because I've got about three or four of them Um, and it's on for two weeks as well. So there's plenty of time to uh, download and have a look at that. But what they're offering is um, you can get it for free because if you purchase it and you let your friends know about it, So uh, you can either send them the link, post it to your blog, tweet it, etc. If more than three people who follow your particular link purchase the bundle, then you will have your money refunded. Mm, Do not take that as as carte blanche to tweet out. (laughs) Please don't do that. But um, yeah, that's that's not a bad deal if you haven't already got um, the applications. And as we said, we said that people are trying to find alternatives to um, Adobe. And uh, there's quite a few apps in there that would uh, certainly do specific little jobs for you. So uh, I think that's well worth looking at, especially if you've got none of them. Uh, Forty dollars for that looks pretty good to
1: me. Yeah, the the vector one, draw it looked quite good. But we've got something similar, haven't we, uh, vector designer?
0: Yeah, we got that in another bundle. Mm. So um, I, I've seen draw it and it does it does look quite nice. So uh, I definitely think it's worth a look. I mean, that would work out about twenty five, twenty seven pounds, something like that. So uh, it's not bad at all if you uh, have a use for, I'd say, two of them. And uh, it's probably worth your while.
1: Now, we uh, had an email this week or last week from uh, Gordon
0: or Minster 68, as he's known on Twitter. You know, I'm so glad he added Minster (laughs) 68 because I had no idea what his name was. To me, he's Minster. (laughs) So hello, Minster. Yeah. Hello, Minster. Any ideas or recommendations
1: on an iPhone app that I can use to set a simple reminder or notification? Don't want to set up a Cal, an iCal event, just something to remind me to get the milk
0: or pick up one of the kids? I wouldn't have thought it was possible to forget to pick up one of the kids.
1: No. And if I forgot to take the dog out for a walk, I'd certainly know about it.
0: Yes. The dog would not like you get away with that. So um, maybe he's got very well-mannered children. Mm. now mm. there's
1: actually loads of apps out there but uh, i've just picked up a couple of them there's one called recall r-e-q-a-l-l which i've not had a great deal of a chance to have a look at uh, but it looks really good um it's an iphone app and it allows you to create to do's general notes you can catch your ideas you can create shopping lists and much much more and you can create your items either by typing into the app in a conventional way, just using the iPhone keyboard or by voice recording. And recall converts the voice into text. and it also recognises certain keywords. So if you said or type the word "buy" B-U-Y, then it automatically makes it into to like a, a shopping thing. Um, and if you said um, something like um, you know, set up meeting with Elaine, then it will actually, what you can do is you can actually pick from a list of your contacts on your phone and it will actually send you a a reminder.
0: Don't I know it? (laughs) Yes.
1: How many was it? Five at the last count. Yes, but that was research. That was testing.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: I thought it was spam, but there you go. <laughs> and if you put something in like uh, meeting at 6 colon 30 p.m., then it will actually send you um, an email at the appointed hour and it will uh, beep and, and and display a reminder on the phone as well. So uh, that is a... A good looking application, and I I certainly want to spend some more time looking at it. There's uh, two versions. There's the standard version, the pro version. The pro version, you get a lot more. Um, There's a a comparison chart on their website, and it's uh, $3 a month or $25 a year. But it does look like a really good application.
0: Now, I've heard of that application. I've not used it apart from getting copious reminders (laughs) from you in your testing phase. Um, But I have heard of it because it's got um, a new integration with Evernote and um, I do use Evernote. So uh, that was in the news about 10 days ago. Mm. So um, I haven't gone into it in any great detail because, like I said, I don't actually use that. But there is um, a discount code which can get you 20% off a pro account. So if that's um, something that you think you might use, I'll uh, put another link in the show notes that will uh, save you 20% as well. See, good catch there by me. Brilliant. The one I did have more of a look at was Zenbe Lists
1: from Zenbe, Z-E-N-B-E, which we actually got it free.
0: Um, That was a blast from the past. mm. That was one of our very first shows. And no, I'm not suggesting anybody goes back and tries listening to it. Please don't. (laughs) Oh, the shame. We've much improved over the past 38 episodes. I hope. I sincerely hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's currently pound seventy-nine, but I keep seeing offers. And when I was reading up about it as well, people in, in post blog posts and reviews, people were saying, you know, it's pound twenty-nine or it's free. So they have had various offers over the time. Uh, But even at £1.79, it's it's really good. It's summed up on their website as simple task management, share lists with anyone and sync to your iPhone. And as I say, I've actually had it installed on the phone for a while. It was actually one of the first apps I installed, uh, but I've never really used it. So I thought I'd put it to the test, especially for Minster. So, I ran the app, I created a list, and you can actually have as many as you like for as many different purposes as you like. So, for example, I had a list called shopping, and another one called Christmas cards, which will have all the names of the people I want to send a Christmas card to, and another one just called to do. So, to add an item to the list, you just open the list by clicking it, you click the new button, you type a description of the item. So, for example, in the to do list, I typed get a haircut. Oh, dear. Mm. And there actually appears to be no limit to the number of characters you can type. Um, Though when you look at your list in List View, you just see the first 50 characters or so for each item and then you click Done. Now, you can optionally assign a due date Um, in List View. This appears in a smaller font just below the item text. And if the item is overdue, it's displayed in red. But uh, even if you do set a due date, the app actually provides no alarm or notification. So whether that's any use for Minster, I don't know. It, uh, the due date really just provides a sort order when viewing the list. The items that are due sooner appear at the top of the list, whilst the items that are due later or items with no due date appear down the bottom. You haven't got any flex, any uh, option to to set priorities or assign categories, but it does give you check boxes to mark tasks as complete. Now, it doesn't delete them once you've marked them as complete. So uh, you can just untick the box if it's something that you do on a, a regular basis. It also has uh, syncing and sharing, so you can create a free account on the Zembi website and then you can click the sync button on the phone and it syncs your lists so that they can be accessed and updated via the website. Although I tried this several times and continually failed. Now, I did find a thread on the Zembi forum uh, where others had had the same problem. And one suggestion was to turn off the Wi-Fi and sync via 3G. But I tried oh, that, strange. yeah, I tried that and it didn't work and I couldn't get the sharing to work either. Uh, it allows you to share your list with other people, uh, but you have to sync first. And so I was in a vicious circle. But uh, as a very simple, no frills list manager, I think it hits the mark.
0: Yeah, I did try it. Um, it was recommended by Gazmas a long time ago Um I didn't stay with it. Um, I don't think I really have a need for um, what I call free form lists. Most of my stuff is either it's going to be in a calendar or it's going to be in OmniFocus. So I think if I started making ad hoc lists, I'd only forget to look at them. And I also have um, Evernote. But Evernote isn't great. I know you had a look at that, didn't you? It's not great with the check boxes, yeah, either don't sync properly or they they won't allow you to edit them. So I just don't bother using those for um, access on the phone. Yeah,
1: I had I've had several problems with Evernote actually Uh, when I'm creating lists, um, I put the check boxes in, which is fine on the on the desktop. But as soon as you look at it in the phone, it's just um, one paragraph of text. And the same was true with with just putting carriage returns in. to separate items out. Um, So, yeah, I I seem to have problems with with just lists in Evernote. Maybe it's just me. I don't know.
0: No, I've had problems, too. I think it depends on how you paste it in, Mm. where it comes from, whether you create them. I mean, even when you're creating them just by clicking it in Evernote on the desktop, um, you can find that the the box moves or um, it wraps around onto another line and you have to delete and start again. So it's a bit finicky with those. So um no I I've steered away from that for lists.
1: Okay, do you want to move on to feedback? We've had some feedback, haven't
0: we? We have. We've had uh, an email from Graham, and he says, uh, "Hi Elena, Mike, great podcast. Love the rhetoric between the two of you. Aww. Our banter. Yeah. And um yeah, he's taking me to task over the Magic Mouse. Yes, this this is it. This is the crux of, of, of the email, I think. Um." He said, like all software and hardware, you really should wait until version three, etc., etc." et, cetera, et cetera. Um, The iMac iPhone case is in point. But the new Magic Mouse is just so good. And um, like me, he's used the Mighty Mouse since he got his iMac two years ago, had the wireless one and um, was constantly cleaning the scroll ball, which was one of my problems. But he says the new Magic Mouse has no outside moving parts. Uh, scrolling by touch is very nice. Two finger scrolls, good for page turning. And the low profile is better for RSI. So he's trying to tempt me to buy one. And he's not alone. Um, I also heard from uh, Anthony Gartner as well, who suggested that uh, I give it a go, that uh, he recommends it. And pretty much everybody, I think, and everything that I read was saying the same, that um, it was fantastic and I really did need one. Um, but I haven't managed to get to an Apple store yet, so I haven't actually tried it. And um, it isn't something that I'd buy without trying it. And I've also noticed, I don't know if you've noticed, that um, quite a lot of people who were saying how fabulous it was have since backed down from that position and changed their mind. Um, mm, one person, a few
1: people on Twitter.
0: Yeah. And uh, one person in particular was saying that they were having a problem um, with, with wrist pain. And they were wondering if it was the mouse. They weren't saying it was, but they were wondering. So um, I do I do trust Apple with their designs because um, I took one look at the keyboard and thought, no way, and then tried it and fell in love with it. So it's quite conceivable that I'll go in the Apple store and be all bowled over with it, which would be very dangerous, wouldn't it? So um, I'm going to take Graham's advice and I'm going to have a look at it, but I'm going to give you the credit card whilst I do because I think it's going to take longer than 10 minutes to make an informed decision about it. So you hang on to the credit card. Don't let me have it. Put it in some sort of time lock. And um, I I need to test it for a longer period of time. But um, thank you very much for your email, Graham, and your recommendation. And you know I'm going to try it, don't you? You just know I am. I, I can't help myself. But I must admit, I do love my MX Revolution i really do love it and um, like i said it, it's 12 months old in, in about a week or so and it, it's brilliant i absolutely love it so um oh it's going to be a tight run thing isn't it
1: now before we wrap up um yeah this is a funny isn't it
0: uh typo of the week i think and yes it was a new item because i just could not <laughs> ignore this one this one was brilliant yes back from our back to um, our friend minster do you want yes, to do this to one, Oh, I've got to do Go this. On, one, because do it's this so one. cool. Yes. Um, he was wondering how things were going with the show. But what he actually typed was, how's thongs with the show? So, Minster, typo of the week there. And uh, I got back to him and said, thongs are doing very nicely. Thank you. <laughs> the thong was, sorry,
1: the thing was.
0: <laughs> I yeah, thought cool. he was
1: actually being serious because, uh, obviously, we talked about thongs and various things.
0: No, oh. no, no. Apparently it was a genuine typo, oh, yeah. just a, a most fortuitous typo, I thought. So it gave me a
1: laugh anyway. Yeah, he he needed cheering up after watching uh, Katie Price and uh, Jedward. Not together.
0: Oh, that would be too much to, to even contemplate. I think we need to um, do some sort of tutorial for Minster that involves his TV and the off button. Mm. What you need to do is um, watch back-to-back 24, I think. I was just going to say that. Just wait for January. You know, it's not long now. If you bought every box set, you know, it, I think you could eke it out to last till January. And then you don't have to watch this. Well, what's the word for it? This this stuff that they are putting out. I can't be doing with it myself. So um, I think you're very, very brave to go there and actually watch it, Minster. Very, very brave. But always remember the off button if things get too, too much for you. Anyway, that's it for this episode of MacBytes. And we would love to hear from you. We always love to hear from from uh, everybody. And you can contact us via the website, macbytes.co.uk or directly via email at MacBytesuk at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow what we're up to at MacBytes on Twitter, twitter.com slash macbites. And you can follow me personally on Twitter, twitter.com slash Elaine Giles.
1: And you can follow me at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike.
0: But until next time, this has been Elena and Mike bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye and see you next time. Goodbye.